Welcome to A Brighter Future, powered by Ontario Virtual School, where we discuss different ways to improve our student skills to optimize learning. My name is Alicia Kuzner, and I have been a teacher both in the classroom and online for about 10 years. And I'm a teacher and course developer at Ontario Virtual School. In today's podcast, I will be discussing what communication is and how we can improve our communication skills in school. We will also have a student spotlight with one of our OVS students to talk about communication skills and how she has improved her communication skills over the years. There continues to be an emphasis on the ability to communicate. In the digital age, however, we have access to a variety of new ways to communicate in different forms, such as video conferencing on social media, we have Zoom, we have Reels, we have TikTok. And so future employers need to be able to communicate with people within their team, as well as outside of their teams and organizations. And so the job market is changing. And what we've noticed is that now education is changing in order to meet that job market demand. So the ways that we communicate has to change based on who we are talking to. And what I always tell my students is that we wear different communication hats. So how you talk to your teacher is different than how you talk to your friends. So let's jump into it and talk about what is communication skills and how we can improve our communication ability. Communication is more than just words. It's really mostly our body language. We are constantly putting out signals and projecting our feelings and our reactions. And it's only when we start to develop our communication skills do we then start to realize this and control how much we are projecting and how much we're showing um, because we can really tell what our feelings are sometimes Um, just by our body responses to things and our facial expressions. We also communicate through sounds, not just words. And depending on where you're from, verbal cues and sounds are used all the time. When I say that, the first thing that comes to mind is the Toronto-based sound when people communicate that they are frustrated by making a quick sucking sound of their teeth. They go like, and that, (laughs) that, is one of the first times I ever saw that or heard that was when I was in Toronto. And now I'm based out of Gatineau um, in Ottawa area. So I had never experienced this until I started traveling to Toronto, where there is many more cultures. And I first heard that sucking sound uh, from people who were frustrated, and I had never heard that sound before. But Based on just quick little research, I realized that it's not just a Toronto thing, of course. It's a cross-cultural communication skill that emphasizes their frustration or shows their frustration. And that quick sucking sound is, of course, not just a Toronto thing. It also comes from the West Indies, Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, where they call it uh, step up. The, The British call it kissing teeth. And the list goes on. So we can see that there are specific ways to communicate with our cultures and how cultures communicate. But there's also cross cultural communication skills. And when you travel, you start to notice that there are forms of communication that are universal that we use. Hand signals, for instance, um, smiles are also forms of universal communication. But it's very important that when you do travel, that you learn the specific norms of communicating in that area so that you don't upset someone. And social intelligence plays a big role in this, especially when you are trying to determine when to use a certain communication cue at an appropriate time based on the receiver, based on who is going to be receiving that information. So let's talk about what 
is a receiver in terms of communication? And who are receivers? When you speak or use sign language, the receiver will receive the message by listening to it or looking at it if you are signing through their own individual experiences, opinions, and perspectives. There's always going to be a bias, which is why it's really important to pay attention to who you're talking to because that will determine the words and the nonverbal communication cues that you will use because the experiences that the receiver has will influence the message that is being received. Now, we can't control how the message is going to be received. We can't control other people's behavior or emotions. That's on them. But part of the planning for communication is to think ahead of all the different thoughts and experiences that that person might have. So let's say you're asked to do a high school presentation in front of your peers. You have to realize that you're talking to your peers. So yes, you are thinking about who the marker is, who is your teacher, so you're including those terminologies from class and you're trying to follow the rubric that the teacher gave you. But you also have to remember that you're talking to your peers. So you don't have to make it as formal as maybe you would if you were older doing a presentation to a board or a committee member or trying to get funding for something if you worked for a business. Another thing to think about is that time (laughs) tends to appear differently when you are a speaker. So in order for your receiver to properly receive the information, you should be able to speak slowly and clearly and don't be afraid to take pauses. Replace the ums and the as with silent pauses. And for you, it might feel really weird uh, because if you're not used to it, then you feel awkward because you're not used to standing in silence. But trust me, from the receiver's perspective, it doesn't feel like a pause. And just to share a very short story, when I first started teaching, that was one of the hardest things for me, was standing in front of a classroom and giving the pauses because the receiver, the person receiving the information when you're talking to them, has to have time to think and process that information. We are not machines that can just take in information and understand it immediately. Everyone has to have process time to think about that information that was given to them. So when you're giving a presentation or when you're speaking to someone, you need to give yourself some time, some pauses. And when you say something that's really important, like a point, stop for about five seconds. Count in your head. And this is a great tip for anyone who's doing presentations. After you say something, just pause. Just count in your head for five seconds and then continue. Also, when you're communicating and the receiver is taking in the information, pay attention to their body language. Are they showing nonverbal communication skills? Are they nodding or do they look confused? And likewise, if you are the receiver and you're sitting in a presentation, you should give nonverbal communication skills like nodding. And this is also why if you're doing online learning um, and at OVS, we pre-record all our lessons so you don't have to worry about this. But if you were in a different school system where you had to have live teacher interaction on a Zoom or on a platform where there's a video conferencing call. It's important to turn on your camera for that teacher just so that the teacher can see that you are understanding the information and nodding your head. If you keep your camera off, it's really easy to get distracted and go off course and not actually be listening to the teacher because the teacher won't pause or stop because they won't know that you're not listening. So in order to increase better communication skills with online, if you are forced to be in a live 
teaching environment or learning environment where you are receiving a lesson live, then you should turn on your camera just so that the speaker can know that you are listening. Um, And that way they can, if they see some faces of confusion, they can stop and they can uh, ask if anyone needs any clarification. Let's now talk about writing skills for communication and what communication questions look like when you are in high school. Now, communication is the expression and organization of ideas and information. So when it comes to writing communication, generally when you look at the rubric that is given to you from your teacher, the wording generally sounds like, is there clear expression? Is there logical organization? Um, If it's an oral rubric, then they'll look for thoughts that progress logically in a certain order that would make sense. It's also looking for the different written forms. So if you are writing poetry, you're using your poetic literacy skills. If you're writing a formal essay, you're using your formal essay writing skills. And so that's just something to take note of is that there are different ways of writing. There's not just a one size fit all. And so you should pay attention to what the objective is that's given to you in that assignment. Now, Well, obviously, when we're talking about communication, the first thing that pops into our head is English class. But now there's communication in all subjects, of course. So in math, what communication skills and what communication questions look like is to show your work on the tests and to show your thought process. It also means writing your therefore statements. And in science, it means using proper terminology rather than just describing it. If you describe an event in science or something that happens in science, you'll get part marks for sure, but teachers want to see the terminology to fact that you can properly communicate your ideas with the proper terms. The last tip I would like to share with you is feedback. Now, whenever you are communicating, whether it be for oral communication skills, whether it be for written communication skills, Feedback is a huge part of learning and making yourself better as a writer. And I know that when you're in high school, feedback can be very scary because you take it as criticism, but it's not criticism. Feedback is a way to structure your writing and your speaking to make it even better. For me, I was petrified to speak in front of anyone when I was in high school. And now I'm a teacher and I do conferences and I speak in front of people all the time. So it's a progression. Never label yourself as I'm a bad writer, I'm a bad speaker, because it will always get better as long as you accept feedback. And if you are the person giving feedback, it should always be constructive because there's always areas to improve. I'm doing my master's right now, I'm writing a thesis, and I am constantly giving my papers out to editors and they're just being shredded by editors and I'm fixing it and they're being shredded again. So it will never end. And I know that for the rest of my life, I will always edit and make changes to my work. You can think of your work as a piece of art. And I always say that there's always an ugly stage in art. I teach art classes on the side, by the way. So this is why I have this analogy. But when you first start doing art, 
if whether it be pottery or painting, there's always an ugly phase or an ugly stage to that artwork. And writing is the same. It starts off a little rough <laughs> and then you work it and you keep reworking it until it's something that you are proud of and that you want to submit and put your name on. With feedback, you can tune your skills towards what makes you feel comfortable as well. So if someone may notice, let's say that you move a lot when you give a presentation. You can accommodate yourself by remembering to plant your feet. Or a trick that I have because I like to move my hands and move my body whenever I'm talking is that I used to keep a little Lego block in my pocket and I would rub the Lego block and it would make me focus. So you'll find your little tricks once people bring these things to your attention and find out what works for you. Try different skills. So I hope that maybe the Lego block trick will work for you or if you can think of your own little tricks that you have started to implement to see if they work to help improve your communication skills, absolutely use them. Let's now jump into our student spotlight. With me today, I have Paula, who is an OVS student and an international student. She is going to share with us the communication skills that she has learned and the ones that she thinks work best for online learning. So Paula, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this podcast with me. How are you today? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm good. I'm really good. That's good to hear. Um, so I guess we could jump right into it. Um, I'm sure you've noticed <laughs> that online learning involves a lot of um, different types of communication skills. Like we're sometimes you're communicating through email with your teachers. Sometimes you're receiving feedback written on the test. Sometimes you receive feedback written in your grade book. So I guess my first question is, how do you communicate differently when you're writing a formal paper versus, let's say, texting a friend? How have you adapted your communication to, or at least change your communication, depending on what um, environment you're in? The first thing for me, it's like uh, maybe the norms that a, I don't know, writing a formal paper has than texting your friends, because it's like really different, you know, like you you have to be careful with the the form that you're writing, the maybe the tone, and well, that doesn't really like apply with your friends. Um, yeah, so that's like the first thing I that comes to mind. Um, differently, I communicate. At what point did you realize that you had to change the way that you're writing and your style of writing depending on what subject you're writing for? Um, like in my last school, I, I I needed to do like a lot of essays and formal paper. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started to, you know, think that I had to write different, differently from what you say, like a poem or, or I don't know, like a short story. Mm-hmm. So it was like earlier that mm-hmm. I learned that every time you you are writing, uh, it has to, like, it has to be different in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, what are your experiences like with communicating with teachers and receiving feedback? Do you find that there's, that it was better than in person or worse than in person? Or do you feel like you got the right amount when you needed it? Um, well, I think it was like the same, you know, I, I feel like I didn't feel that difference talking like let's say email because the feedback was given to me in email mm-hmm. so uh, I didn't feel like really a difference besides 
uh, all the feedback that my teachers and me was like really complete and you know like really nice like sort of warm so yeah it was the same like in person even though it was given the feedback was given to you over like text which is like in an email form you still felt like the positivity coming from the teachers to encourage you yes exactly that's good that's good that's good yeah I I find that even from a teacher's perspective you know I I want to include smiley faces and stuff like that in the because when we type in our feedback into the grade book and it sends it as an email to our students it doesn't have like the the emojis and stuff like that so I've actually talked to our developers and and I really want to include like stickers and things like that to make it more fun and we are changing it so um, if you do take if you continue to take OBS classes um, in the future you'll notice that our platform is going to change to be more geared towards that that positive reinforcement that encouraging um, uh, like little things you know like the little badges the little stickers the little like emojis they I think they help our us uh, make better progress in our courses if there's a little more <laughs> colorful incentive <laughs> yes besides I also think that if that like what you said that you're going to include like images and the type of stuff I think that that will really like create a bond between teacher and, and student mm -hmm. uh, and maybe in the future a student will be more comfortable talking to the teacher and well I think that that will be like really amazing yeah um and like and just like what you were saying in the previous question where you're talking about how like when you text when you're communicating through text message it's a different form of communication like sometimes we, I, with a lot of my friends, I sometimes just communicate with gifts because <laughs> like, I don't have the words for the expression that I'm feeling. So I just send like one of those re, uh, repeating, uh, like short videos, those mm -hmm. uh, gifts and, or just like emojis, you know? And I think that we've discovered that there are many ways to communicate and it's not just formal writing text on an email or text on a document. Um, to be able to communicate our emotions, I think is the next step to yeah. transcend the writing and get into the real like laughing emojis and things like that, because it can be very 2D if it's just text. If you don't include colors and images and, and smiley faces and things like that, it's very, uh, yeah, it's sometimes hard to interpret like the true meaning behind that statement, you know, in the message. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the last question is, do you feel like schools should give more options for verbal communication, like presentations versus all the writing that you have to do? Yeah, I do. I think that will be a really great opportunity, like for many reasons. The first one for an international student like me, mm -hmm. actually having like a opportunity to communicate or orally, like doing a, I don't know, five to 10 minute video will be like really good for our our uh like sp speaking skill improvement mm -hmm. uh, and rather than having to do a lot of like papers that sometimes it can be like really like annoying or tire tiring yeah um yeah I, I would personally prefer to do more like oral presentations than paper writing but of course um uh, writing it's also like really important because it that actually helps us in the future like if we have to do a really large essay in the university then we we do have like the the um everything that we learn 
throughout like our school mm -hmm. so both of them I think that are really important but personally I I would totally like like more opportunities to communicate orally yeah and I, I honestly feel like in the world of academia we stress really hard on the written side of things and not so much on the verbal communication and I always find that it's it's an interesting topic and to me personally it's very interesting because I'm currently doing um, my master's thesis in decolonizing education and one of the big topics that come up with my classmates and my professors is why do we emphasize the written so much and and how that is a colonial um, aspect is that the colonies that are that settled in this area and in North America and in, in South America because you're in the South American region um, were Western and Western tended to have a lot of emphasis on the written work whereas a lot of Indigenous communities everything was oral uh, communication not all of them but many of them just had a had a verbal language rather than a written language so now Queen's University is starting to accept um, verbal statements and verbal submissions rather than written submissions. And that's at the master's level. And so I just did a course where I, in all the discussion posts that I had to communicate my answers in and my research, there was always an option to either have a submission with written or you could record yourself on their learning system and you're speaking just no video, just, just uh, auditory. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting option. And it really, I enjoyed reading my other, or I didn't read rather, I, I enjoyed listening to my classmates' ideas rather than reading discussion posts that would end up being pages on pages and pages. And I'm like, I'm reading all these pages. And I just love the idea that there's an option to add a little bit of a verbal discussion so you can just listen to your classmates rather than reading their discussion posts. So um, yes, hopefully OVS will also include some of that. I know teachers are already putting some uh, presentation options into their courses, but I would love to have um, a verbal discussion forum on our future OBS platform. <laughs> really maybe you'll see that too in your future OBS classes. You'll be able to like just verbally say your answers rather than writing them out. <laughs> yeah, that would be really awesome. Great. Well, that's pretty much all the time we have, um, but thank you so much for meeting me. Um, and I, Hope you continue to take OBS classes in the future and watch how we are forever evolving, how we communicate with students. <laughs> Is there any last little tips that you'd like to share about communication to the students listening to this podcast? Mm, well, there are not really like tips, but more like a, um, a suggestion and it's to like, start like to feel comfortable when you're talking with your teachers, even if it's like, uh, by email like it's really important because at the end of the day they're the ones who are seeing your work they're the ones who who are teaching you and uh, yeah so that's all like be comfortable when you're talking with them and yes thank you for having me it was a really great experience awesome well thanks so much and I think that is also great advice as well keep communicating don't be scared of your online teachers <laughs> yeah. okay thanks so much Thank you for having me. Have a great day.
Well, I think that's about all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed today's learning topic as well as our student spotlight. For more resources or support, visit ontariovirtualschool.ca or find us on social media at Ontario Virtual School. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and join us next time for another episode of Brighter Future, powered by OVS.